Alrighty, everybody. So welcome back again to Matrix Breakers. Today is going to be a really exciting episode. We are going to cover some very, very incredible things. And uh, I will definitely be having some key points laid out for you guys so that I can organize this podcast even better, more effectively. I will also be going on Facebook Live. So if you want to catch it on Facebook, you can do it over there. If you're coming from Facebook, you're now listening to the podcast. And I really appreciate you taking the time to actually listen to the podcast or watch it. However it is you're, you're listening or watching, you guys are amazing. If you could leave a rating or review, if you like the podcast, if you love the podcast, even leave a comment or something, that would be very, very helpful. Um, but again, so if you see me, I'm gonna be addressing the camera, but I also have a little bit of a Word document to run over some key points so we can bring a lot of information to you in an organized way. Uh, so without further ado, I'm gonna hit that live button on Facebook. Here we are. All right, everybody. So welcome back to Matrix Breakers. We are gonna get into a very, very exciting topic. And so without further ado, I'm gonna read from you guys into the intro of this new podcast. So we get to choose our future. The world is a moldable clay for us to mold into a future that we desire collectively or to tolerate the matrix to mold it into their desired outcome of destruction and division. Our destiny is being laid out before us. If you've ever imagined a brighter future for yourself and others as a collective, then now is the time to commit. By ignoring this moment in history, we are denying our God-given right to design the future. We are indirectly giving control to the matrix without even knowing it. If we fail in this effort now, we will fall into a dark hole of reality where enslavement, not our freedoms, will transcend race, color, and creed. Uh, and I mentioned this earlier for those of you on Facebook now, but if you love the podcast, please leave a comment, share it with your friends, and leave a review. And if you're listening on Facebook or watching us on Facebook right now, uh, just know that you can finish the entire podcast on any podcast platform that you enjoy. Okay, that's Apple, Google, and Spotify, especially those major platforms. So um, today is a very, very exciting time. We're gonna get into this space exploration and the future of humanity, right? Now, given the fact that we're talking about space, you obviously have to really deal with people who are very, very smart. Uh, now, most of you already know that I promote different products and supplements on here, and one of the main ways to stay away from the matrix is really staying as far away from the medical model as possible. And of those of you who already know, through this COVID crisis, I think it highlighted, if anything, the corruption and medical malpractice that happens in the medical industry overall. And so today I'm just plugging this one product that I've been trying for a couple months here. It's called Renew IQ. And again, this thing is a, it's a brain supplement, brain enhancement product. And very, very quickly, I'm literally just going to run through some of the information here about Renew IQ, some of the different ingredients in there. Um, the overall stated purpose is this. It's a proprietary blend of adaptogens, vitamins, and phytonutrients formulated to give your brain a pick-me-up when you need it most. 
a caffeine-free alternative to coffee. It promotes healthy brain function, boosts mood, and promotes overall brain health. And very quickly, I'm going to go over some of the ingredients involved in this product. So vitamin D, um, and it says may, but these are the different scientific studies, right? May help improve cognitive function in the brain, okay? Vitamin B6 plays a key role in keeping the brain functioning properly. So those are also essential vitamins you need every day. The folate is folic acid, may improve cognitive function and reduce levels of brain toxic proteins. Very, very important. Vitamin B12, another very essential vitamin is inside of this, required for proper neurological function. If you know anything about vitamin B12, which by the way, in this particular supplement, there's about 8,334% of your daily value according to the FDA. So who knows if the FDA is even right, but we've got 8,000 plus percent more. Um, but the point is that vitamin B12 is great for energy overall. Uh, it's not caffeine. It's just a vitamin. So vitamin B12 is the is the energy vitamin, if anybody knows that. I'll let you guys know that right now. So there's a proprietary blend that's also involved in this. It's going to be stuff that you've definitely never heard about, uh, heard about, or it might be some things you might have heard of from other supplements or other things that, are, um, that you like to take already. Um, one of them is the Bacopa leaf extract, okay? So what that does is significantly improve the speed of processing visual information, learning rate, and memory. So if you really wanna take on some books and learn new things, or you have studies, you got school coming up, whatever it is, you wanna take something like this to remember what you're actually studying. Uh, again, this is what I take in order to make my podcasts. Um, so the other uh, extract is the Rhodiola root extract. I might even be saying that wrong, but it this helps reduce mental fatigue and improve mental performance, right? Very awesome. Grape skin extract has been probably one of, one of the more popular things for brain supplements, uh, but what that does is it helps improve attention, language skills, and both immediate and delayed memory. So this is a very interesting thing for the grape skin extract. I'm not going to get all into it. I'm just plugging this one product before we get into the, the entire conversation about space. Um, and then lastly is another root extract. Um, again, just has more of a positive impact on cognition. So that is me plugging those products first and foremost. Um, so Renew IQ, you can find it in the description. Uh, and you guys can try this out for yourself. Again, helps a lot of kids who have problems with ADD, ADHD. A lot of kid testimonials I've heard from this product from just people getting better grades, yada, yada. And then for me personally, helps me write my podcast, helps me think clearly, helps me be smarter. And because we're talking about space, it's important that we go into getting smart. So the first key point I wanted to make about space, all right? Uh, number one is this that on Saturday, May 30th, 2020, we witnessed the perfect contrast of realities. In the afternoon, the world watched SpaceX and NASA launch a commercially built spacecraft with astronauts on board to the International Space Station. The first successful launch of humans into space in America since 1981. The first time ever for a private space company to take humans to space. A true pioneering endeavor that was extremely powerful to experience when you understand the underlying meaning behind it. 
And for me, that underlying meaning is to become an interplanetary species, moving beyond just Earth and seeing the potential, the great potential of us going and conquering new lands and going and moving forward and beyond just Earth. And so I think that that's almost our God-given right, and, and that's a really powerful concept. So you contrast that to the evening in the same day where we witnessed protests turn into riots with violence and chaos everywhere in major cities across the U.S. There were killings and lootings, the destruction of property, attacks on police, uh, and etc., right? That gave us a clear view of what life can be like under anarchy. The communist factions of our government and private organizations organized the violent riots in order to sow division and cause further chaos in an already weak economy. Like in my previous podcast, I said this is what war with China looks like. This is what war with communist China looks like. And so I'm not going to get into that uh, today. You can go and listen to the previous podcast, gets more of the details of that. So here it is. The contrast displayed in one day is remarkable. The future of humanity, going interplanetary species, having an exploration and colonization of the moon and Mars in mind versus the racial and financial division of this country wrecking havoc on innocent people's lives and property. That is the difference between a brighter future and one where we are totally conquered and destroyed. And that's what the Matrix wants for us. As I said, in the beginning of this podcast, that the earth is a moldable clay. It is our responsibility to focus with uh, focus on the things that are going to take us to our greatest potential, to fulfill a purpose and a role that humans are designed to fulfill. Okay, so this is a really amazing concept. If we focus instead on that and the potential that we have, than the division and the problems and, and tearing off of a scab that seems to never heal and only doing so with a political purpose in mind, okay? With an intellectual, sophisticated design at hand when it comes to dividing and conquering. They're really, the people who are involved in dividing and conquering, creating the media spin, creating the propaganda around race division and even COVID-19, are not in your best interest. They want to destroy you. They want to kill you. They'd rather see the population of the earth depleted to about 100 million people if you look at their writings. They'd rather kill you. They don't care about you. So for you to fall into the trap of the black squares and the different concepts that go along with propagating a scab that is a real thing that can't seem to heal you know, and then, and then turning that into a problem that we should all focus on is the exact thing that the puppet masters want for all of you to do. So consider that. And instead, now as we continue this podcast, we move into the future and the exciting potential of humanity. Now, another key point here is that the future of human innovation and space exploration is not only inspiring all of mankind to reach greater potential, but it is also a concept that can unite all people together. There are five major 
companies and organizations involved in pioneering the space age. I think they are warranted your undivided attention because knowing this information may be able to ease the tensions many feel about the problems plaguing our world at the moment. So the first one is pretty obvious. It's called NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. So it's the most obvious program, uh, space program that belongs to the federal government of the United States. Now, NASA is in charge with deploying satellites, managing the International Space Station, preparing for future missions, managing the international, or um, uh, sorry, deploying rovers and other forms of robotics into space, etc. They've got a lot that they do. NASA has a whole litany of things that they do. Um, but they now, okay, have plans to build a moon base that is not only on the moon, but another that orbits the moon. So we're talking about two moon bases that are already in the works at NASA. Now, uh, the base will serve to create a permanent presence on the moon for human beings and to put it simply a pit stop for human travel to Mars and beyond. Think about how cool that is. So whereas NASA before wasn't really planning a lot, and I'll tell you why that is, uh, now they have big, large, grandiose plans for the future of humanity. And here's a statement by the administrator of NASA about um, uh, this year, okay, 2020. So after 20 years of continuously living in low Earth orbit, we're now ready for the next great challenge of space exploration. The development of a sustained presence on and around the moon. Uh, Jim Bridenstine continued, for years to come, Artemis, which is the program for the moon base, will serve as our North Star as we continue to work toward even greater exploration of the moon, where we will demonstrate key elements needed for the first human mission to Mars. So that's from the NASA administrator. Uh, now, NASA, of course, has a lot of different skepticisms. There's flat earthers out there who believe that there's not even, you know, NASA doesn't even go to space at all. I'm not even here to get into that debate. I believe that the Earth is a sphere uh, and that we do go to space and that we have gone to space and that we should uh, continue to go to space. And I think actually that more than anything, I think the flat Earth debate kind of really uh, tarnishes the potential of human beings leaving Earth and going and exploring more. I think that that's the, uh, the big contrary because I can tell you right now straight up, the matrix and the powers that be – they do not want us to know about space. They do not want human beings to go and explore space. They do not want anything to do with space. They think that that, again, is contrary to their idea of a new world order, right? A world government, world system, okay? Because it goes against it in a sense of uniting everyone together, having a common cause, and exploring space and seeing what the potential is for not just humans, but literally for resources and other things we're going to talk about here later in the podcast. So the other uh, part of space exploration, another company or organization dedicated to space, is something called Space Force. Now, Space Force is the newest branch of the U.S. military as of December 20th, 2019. This is essentially the military arm that is going to protect our assets in space from international foes and possibly even an alien presence in the future, right? Think like Star Trek. 
Okay, and so let's read from the Space Force website. Let's actually go over what they want for all of us, right? The U.S. Space Force is a new branch of the armed forces. It was established on December 20th, 2019, with an enactment of the fiscal year 2020 National Defense Authorization Act. Now, the mission for Space Force, okay? The United States Space Force is a military service. This is really interesting to, to know. A military service that organizes trains and equips space forces, humans, in order to protect U.S. and allied interests in space and to provide space capabilities to the joint force. United States Space Force responsibilities include developing military space professionals, think about that, acquiring military space systems, wonder what that could be, maturing the military doctrine, for space power and organizing space forces to present to our combatant commands. Okay, so I'm not going to read this whole thing, but it, it really gets into a lot of different aspects of space force. But I want you to think about just this, this is really interesting. What is what is include developing military space professionals? When you think about that, like we are talking about people who have like weapons in space, who are literally like guarding different assets in the future. This is what's going to happen, I believe, which I'm going to get into even more ideas of the future here in a minute, is that you're literally going to have a bunch of different um, companies and things orbiting Earth, and they have their own purposes to design and, and, and create and develop all these different things regarding to space. And so you're going to have to have a military arm that protects it. Very much like you would have a navy protecting different merchant ships, you know, going from coast to coast delivering goods or picking up goods. And so you have a navy that protects those merchant ships. Well, that's exactly the role that Space Force is going to play in protecting and preserving all of different space assets that seems to transcend just not only U.S. military, but even other international uh, assets as well. So the other exciting aspect of this is SpaceX, okay? Now, SpaceX is a company founded in 2002 by Elon Musk, uh, the Tony Stark of our time, who was originally successful as the inventor of PayPal. Not many people know that about him, but he did invent PayPal and he sold it to eBay. Now, the original mission of SpaceX is to colonize Mars. So they started with this grandiose plan to colonize Mars and then they've worked their way up. Now, that's a lofty goal to say the least, but more and more we are seeing that become a reality. The problem with space exploration was the costs involved with actually launching a rocket into orbit. This became the primary focus for SpaceX initially, to reduce the cost of going to space and open up more commercial interest in space exploration. SpaceX now has successfully launched 60 satellites into space along with reusable rockets, and as of May 30th, 2020, they have successfully launched two astronauts to the International Space Station. So let's go over that for a second. The idea here initially was to reduce the costs of going to space. Now, with that alone, you can understand that it was really essentially a lot of government um, clogs that were stopping all of space exploration. Believe it or not, okay, Congress had a hard time in the 60s to even put up money to fund 
the National Aeronautics Space Administration, okay? So people just were against it. They didn't like it. They didn't want their tax dollars going to fund some space exploration. So believe it or not, the government is hard to get around to actually innovating things. And the reason why you don't want socialism and communism, it is all encapsulated in what you see with NASA. NASA is by the will of just the the people to think it's a good idea or not by democracy. So when you have something like that, innovation and growth is the inability for NASA and government because they don't know how to fail. Because failure in the eyes of the democracy, in the eyes of the mob, failure means that we should not move forward. Believe it or not, failure to the mob means no moving forward. I, I tell you that because if you look at the history of NASA, they had such a struggle even getting to a point where they could even get to space and get to the moon because the failures involved in NASA got people to actually not want to invest in future space exploration. It literally took so much just to get NASA to go to the moon. So when you look at it like that, that's why people's interest in space and things like that cannot be in the hands of government. It has to be in the hands of private industry because what the beauty about SpaceX in an interview by the administrator of NASA basically said is that SpaceX is willing to fail because it's a commercial private company. They are willing to fail because they understand their endeavor is large and that they understand that the profits of the future that could come from space are much larger than the failures of today. That's something that government cannot ever ever understand and that is why the privatization of space exploration is so very exciting because before there was never ever going to be something where there was going to be uh, private space companies that was never going to be a thing and now that we have them it's actually pretty pretty exciting okay uh so again spacex was the same or a company that was launching their, you know, these two astronauts into space, literally, according to today, uh, where I'm at, last weekend, okay, uh, or the previous weekend. So you have that Saturday, May 30th. That was a huge, momentous day for space exploration in the future of space. So again, contrast that day with what happened that night with race riots and protests and all the different looting and destruction and and all of it you just you can see and encapsulate the future right there okay let's move on to the next company that's dealing with uh space boeing so we all know boeing as the you know the plane manufacturer boeing the one that's you know built i i would say probably every or if not a lot of the airlines that you know of today they're all boeing jets uh so now what does boeing do for space well they build a lot of material that goes into satellites and rocket ships, okay? So like a contractor. They do facilitate a lot of different space operations. Uh, they've sent, uh, sent probes into orbit and have even deployed or developed uh, 3D printers so that astronauts can print any material they might need in the vacuum of space. So you can imagine that, I forgot which Apollo it was, but they needed like an oxygen filter or something and they had to build it from materials they had on board the spaceship. And it was actually like a huge struggle. It was life or death for them. Um, so I think that what one thing very interesting to consider there is the fact that you have 
a 3D printer that could possibly print any kind of component or parts or something that then can go onto the spaceship in mid-shuttle or something. You know, that'd be kind of interesting to see. Uh, but anyway, so uh, that's what Boeing does. Although they have not come as far along as SpaceX to develop a commercial rocket of their own, they have still contributed massively to the space exploration of future. So Boeing is competing with SpaceX. They do have um, their own version of a, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They have their own version of a uh, Falcon, okay, which is going to be that commercial flight, okay? Um, one of the things they called it was, let me see, I'm on their website right now, which I'm going to include the websites and stuff here in the in the description below. So you guys can all check this stuff out on uh in your uh, in the description uh, on your own. So let's see. It's called uh, man. I want to see what it's called. Oh, the CST hundred Starliner. That's what theirs is called. Okay. Whereas the other one's Falcon from SpaceX, which deals mainly with the uh, Millennium Falcon from Star Wars. Believe it or not. Okay. So the last company that is dealing with space, and this is not all the companies. You know, these are just some of the major ones, but. A lot of people don't know about Blue Origin, okay? It's founded by Jeff Bezos, the creator of Amazon, uh, and is similar to SpaceX by their desire to design spacecraft that have rocket boosters that are reusable. That is the most costly part of space exploration is launching these huge shuttles, these rockets, and then being able to actually de you know, detach those rockets and land them back on the, uh, on the Earth safely so that you can reuse them again on the next shuttle. That was the most, probably one of the most innovating breakthroughs that happened with um, SpaceX being able to do that. So Blue Origin wants to do the same thing. Uh, and they have a mission to pave the road to space so that our grandchildren can really begin to space travel more frequently. There are also ideas for a future Amazon distribution center orbiting the planet run by drones that deliver all your packages from space. Now, that's insane what I just said. So not only they're going to try to, you know, create spaceships and go to space, but they're also wanting to build an Amazon distribution center that is literally orbiting the planet that has drones just dropping off packages all over the world, okay? Okay, that sounds insane, but again, these are these are just some of these cool grandiose ideas that people have about space and the future and that's exciting, you know? Like how fucking cool would that be? It'd be kind of weird. But it would be very, very cool, and it would be very, very convenient for a lot of people, especially in the third world. Imagine if Amazon had a facility or a um, what's the word I'm looking for? If they had a uh, the ability to distribute products to the third world in in a in a very um, uh, convenient way, that would change the world. That would change the way that the third world even worked especially. But overall, it would adjust the whole world together, bring the world a little bit closer. Because if we can do that, that's just amazing. If you want to look up something very, very interesting, I almost forgot to include it in my podcast, but it's um, kind of like an Elysium, if you've ever seen that movie. But Jeff Bezos has scientists committed to trying to develop basically a... This is going to sound crazy, but a a little a world that orbits the earth that is literally habitable by humans and that literally has oxygen, gravity, everything included. This is like total sci-fi, okay? But they actually 
have entire detailed plans on how they can build essentially a vessel that flies and orbits the earth that that's massive it's like as big as a country okay but it orbits the earth and it's able to inhabit a habitat or whatever you want to say inhabit inhibit whatever uh, have human beings on board constantly living in like homes and like everything jeff bezos his words were we want it to feel like maui okay so that is really fascinating uh, but if you can get into that and, and detail those kinds of ideas in your head, that's some cool stuff, you know. And again, it's I bring all this stuff up because it's so important that we understand how we are so close to creating a huge, bright, amazing future for human beings. And if we can just get past this point of division and destruction, we can really create something amazing going forward. Okay, and so moving on to my next point here is that there are other companies assisting and even paving their own path in regard to space exploration, but those are the major players that I just went over. The true goal, eventually, is to become an interplanetary species that can travel and live on other planets for sustained periods of time, or as I just mentioned, on orbiting planets that we create our own. With the infinite abundance of natural resources in space, there are aspirations for human beings to benefit from a new energy source or the discovery of something even more incredible. And so the last thing I wanted to bring up was the uh, the article, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it to you guys, but it's Trump Trump's executive order signed on April 7th, 2020. So while COVID was kind of a thing, this thing kind of went under the radar. Nobody really knows about. So I'm telling you how important it was. Okay. So it was an executive order, uh, April 7th, 2020 deals with resource rights for space. So let's read that really quick. Okay. Now, this executive moon mining and then tap asteroid resources so if you can see what i'm seeing there is the coolest picture of like a, a, an idea of a moon base and stuff i mean guys it's just it's super cool the concepts that are, that are being drawn up here okay so let's read from the entire thing the water ice and other lunar resources that will help the united states establish a long-term human presence on the moon are there for the taking the white house believes president donald trump signed an executive order April 6, 2020, establishing U.S. policy on the exploitation of off-Earth resources. Very important. That policy stresses that the current regulatory regime, notably the 1967 Outer Space Treaty, allows the use of such resources. So, you know, when you have to deal with international affairs, you usually have treaties that kind of revolve around it, right? Same thing with space, okay? This view has long held sway in U.S. government circles. For example, the United States, like the other major space-faring nations, have, uh, has not signed the 1979 Moon Treaty, which stipulates that non-scientific use of space resources be governed by an international regulatory framework. And in 2015, Congress passed a law explicitly allowing American companies and citizens to use moon and asteroid resources. Think about that. Think about that. What is on an asteroid that that's from space that we can bring to Earth and turn into something else? I mean, you realize that minerals and, and geology is what makes up every part of our buildings, our building materials, 
the cameras that we have, the rare earth minerals that go into our, our phones. Like there's a lot of different silicon, Silicon Valley, you understand? So silicon, that's a mineral. So there's all these different minerals and stuff that are that are amazing when and when you can get inventors and things to patent things and to create things out of them. What could possibly be on the moon or an asteroid that we don't have on Earth? Okay. So the new executive order makes things even more official, stressing that the United States does not view space as a global commons and sees a clear path to off-Earth mining without the need for further international treaty-level agreements. Again. This is encapsulating a concept of the New World Order. Uh, it defies everything that the New World Order wants because a New World Order runs the run, being run by the United Nations and things, they would never, ever want sovereign nations to go to space, extract minerals, patent them, create their own ideas and things like that, and, and build a better humanity, okay? They would never want that. That's not allowed, in the new world order what they would want instead is a treaty where they have to get permission to go to space to mine or do anything or to bring whatever they bring back almost like a customs you can imagine like a customs where you bring you know you come from another country customs have to like check your bag check all the liquor check all the cigars you got same thing would be the united nations would set up a customs for uh space travelers coming back from space this is so sci-fi but Coming back from space, landing, and they would have to check all your luggage, essentially, all your specimens and all the things you got from space, and they have to approve of what you have and all that according to treaties. So what Trump did is basically said, no, we're not going to do any of that. We don't see it as a global commons, as this article is uh, pronouncing, but we see it as, hey, this is a our sovereign nation. If we can get there, we can, we can mine the resources. We do what we want to do. We're not going to be governed by the United Nations or by any other treaty or international organization. The executive order calls for encouraging international support for the recovery and use of space resources. Uh, it has been in the works for about a year, a senior administration official said during a teleconference with reporters today, which was that day of uh, was signed. The order was prompted, at least in part, by a desire to clarify the United States position as it negotiates with international partners to help advance NASA's Artemis program, which I mentioned earlier about the moon base and stuff. Uh, for crude lunar exploration. Now, think about this, okay? Um, oh, and I want to say this, by the way. Artemis, the program itself from NASA, aims to land two astronauts on the moon in 2024 and to establish a sustainable human presence on and around Earth's nearest neighbor by 2028. Think about that. How how close we are. We're within 10 years of having a moon base. I mean, that's so cool. Lunar resources, especially the water ice thought to be plentiful on the permanently shadowed floors of polar craters are key to Artemis's grand ambitions, NASA officials said. You know you can reverse engineer water into oxygen? So that's what they were plan on doing is take all the water. You can break up the molecules and reform them and create all kinds of other things. That's the beauty of, of science, and that's what they're trying to do just as a beginner level. But imagine a, a, a world or, or not even a world but a, a time when we can go to space. We have space force military like security forces defending, defending that exact thing, okay? And then basically – having it to where you can literally uh, mine and get resources and then offshore those uh, resources back over to the earth to therefore be used on earth and to be in plentiful supply, yada, yada, yada. I mean, that right there alone is 
powerful. I mean, the idea behind that, the concept behind that would be amazing. Uh, and so that essentially, it just encapsulates everything that I wanted to share in terms of you know letting you guys know about this future of space exploration, how the contrast is very clear, it's never been more clear, and that we have to understand that going forward, you know, this is a time for great potential. This is a time for great purpose. And we cannot be bogged down by the problems and tragedies of the day. We can acknowledge them. We can do what's right about them. But overall, we want to move forward from them and we want to make sure we keep our eye on the prize, okay? Now, in conclusion, there is a stark contrast between the discussion of having a future in space exploration and being defeated by the Matrix, which seeks to confine all of our ambition, creation, enterprise, physical health, and souls by undermining everything pro-human. The Matrix only wins by convincing ourselves to destroy each other based on fake virtue and differing opinions. We all could come together to unite against these matrices by defining who our real enemy is and exposing them every chance we get. Talking about our collective future going into space is an amazing way to shift our perspective on something that is equally exciting and pro-human.